0: Life says me, far as I've been haven't time to slack around in comfort all the year. So when
1: we get a little
2: time before our boat gets goin', we head on down to the library,
1: and this is what we hear.
2: Come on, on in, look all, look
1: all around. around, there's, there's plenty for to see. To see. Make, Make your own self right upon my love, the library. Here.
0: so well i didn't have the gear
2: no i couldn't read or write so well before i'd done my school then but i'd head on down to the library and this is what i'd hear come on, on in look, look
0: all around there's plenty
2: for to see make
0: your
1: own self right at home my love the library, love the library.
0: Maybe get a book online and check it out for free. Grab something great to listen to for
1: sailing or for rowing. And finish the last chapter in that best ever story. Come, Come on in, and look, look all around, around. There's, there's plenty for you sea. Make your own self right, oh my life.
0: For their time, them that's never slowing. Most enjoy the library, I think, for many years.
2: Yes, most enjoy the library as long as tide is
1: flowing. So head on down to the library, and this is what you'll hear. Come on in, look all around, around. there's plenty for to see. Make your own self right at home. I love the library.
2: Come on in, look all around, there's plenty
0: for to see. Make your own self
2: right at home, you'll love
0: the library.
1: Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson. That was Alec and Nicole McMurrin singing our introduction song, and today I have a listening project archive that I wanted to share with you. In this interview, it's Susan Christensen interviewing her then-mother-in-law, Neva Christensen. Neva has since passed away, um, but this was just a really fun, informative listening project that I thought you would enjoy. And um, if you're interested in doing a listening project, please contact me here at the library, 772-3349, extension 210. So enjoy the interview. This is Susan Christensen talking to Neva Christensen on January 8th of 2010.
0: And I have a few questions to ask uh, you, Neva, about your life about why and when and whatever that you moved to Petersburg. So my first question that I didn't know is, what year did you move here? I moved in Petersburg in 1954.
2: And why? Well, I was shanghai to tell you the truth. Arlene Brown taught first grade here in Petersburg, and she graduated with me in high school. Oh. And I'd left the Salvation Army for a break, And I was in Walla Walla, and she came home for the summer, and she says, you have to come with me. You've got to go to Petersburg, blah, blah, blah. I says, I can't. Besides, I've got the flu. No, you have to come. Come on. You'll like it. We'll find you a job. You can work in the bank. You can do this. Well, I didn't get a job in the bank, but I got a job in Sanité Market. And it was very eventful. (laughs)
0: So you came with Elaine Brown, Arlene, Arlene Brown, uh-huh. and she must—I don't remember ever hearing about her, so she must not have stayed. But you did. Well, it, she did stay for a while. We'll get into that All later. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so how did you guys get here? What was the transportation? We came like? by air, up to Ketchikan, and then
2: we had to get over to Metlak, you know, the little island, mm-hmm. and then we got. On a uh, PBY, I think, Uh to get here. And the water would leak, you know, through the water, but through the windows, but it didn't make any difference. And landing on water was a new experience. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. Yeah, I remember And then days. I got here, and we had the apartment. And in those days, the streets weren't named. Now it's Jejoa and Second. But then we'd say, well, you go over uh-huh. to here, and then you go from uh, Myrtle Cornelius up a block, and then you go so far, you know. That's how you got around in Petersburg. Or do you know where so-and-so lives? <laughs> well, they're right next to them. That was our directions in those days.
0: Uh-huh. And what did your parents think about you moving all the way to Alaska? They
2: weren't very happy. Uh huh. But Dad wanted to get up here to go fishing. He never made it. He died first. But otherwise, it went all right. And he showed me how to pack. He's the guy who learned me how learned me
0: how to pack a uh-huh. suitcase. Interesting. And uh, when you moved up here, were you planning to make Petersburg your home forever? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> You were kind of just coming up on a lark then. Yeah, I was
2: coming up to work for a while to spend some time with Arlene. We had that apartment. Uh-huh. And uh, it took a while, but I got a job at Sanitary Market. And that was a grocery store? That is a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And in those days, there were five grocery stores. Trading Union, Hammer and & Weekend, and Hammer and & Weekend was just where Little Hammer is now. Mm-hmm. That was their store. Now, their hardware, their furniture, choline stuff, groceries, everything was in that little store. Oh, my gosh. And then there was a sanitary market. Oh, but for a while, and it was open for a little while, Waswick had a grocery store where the ladies' clothing store is. It's mm-hmm. close to that ladies' store. And then we Cope's had a little grocery store on Singley Alley. And you could go to either one, but Cope's Clothes and Wasser's Clothes, so that left us three. And then someone else bought Tony out, White's, maybe, or was it uh, Randrop? They bought it, but it caught on fire, and that was the end of that. But when I first went to work at Sanitary Market, you might find this interesting. The Ellis Airplane Ticket Office is right next. To sanitary market, mm-hmm. and a young man selling tickets was Jimmy Johnson, who became the oh COO of Alaska, Alaska Airlines. Airlines. So you know, and then there's a couple of kids in my kids' graduation class that have become famous doctors. So Petersburg, and we've got surveyors and engineers. So Petersburg has really put out some good people.
0: <laughs> So you worked at Sanitary Market, and you lived with Arlene Brown, and you answered the grocery store question. So then tell me about how you met Grandpa Chris. I will
2: in a minute, but I wanted to tell you about when I first got here. Okay. We had, I was talking about boardwalks. Uh Uh-huh. There were boardwalks, and it was all dirt roads. And by then they had a dirt road, a small one out to Sandy Beach and went out about as far as Scarlet City or past Mm -hmm. Three Mile. Uh, But they had a plank street on Front Street, and on that plank street at night when the cars would go over it, those planks would just roar, and Uh you could hear them all the way across town about people driving (laughs) out to the dump to go (laughs) neck. (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> there was a dump out there then. Oh. So the road only went to Skylark City, and then how did people get to uh, Scow Bay? Well, they came by boat for a while. Oh, my gosh. But then by the time Chris got here, they had a road out.
2: Or no, when I, before I got here, they got a road in. To and, Scow Bay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Chris would go out and do the school bu- the sunny school bus in our old pickup, and Royal Duval would sit on the back to make sure the kids didn't fall out. <laughs>
0: Well, what year did Chris move
2: here? Chris came in 1937. 37, okay. There was only 800 people. Do you remember when, what the population was when you moved when here? When I came, it was
0: 1,500.
2: Uh huh. So it grew some. Yeah. And it was one of the most esteemed fishing fleets in Alaska, mm-hmm. and it still is, I think. Yeah. But it's kind of spread out all our way up north, you know. Okay. What else? So we all about, What did you want to know? I
0: want to know how you met Grandpa. Oh, he came in to pay his bill. And that, how long had you been living in Petersburg before this happened?
2: Oh, I hadn't been lived there very long. Maybe a couple months. He came in to pay his bill for Anna because Dolores Lund was taking care of her. And I know, that guy's got nice blue eyes. And I let it go. He was really handsome. And then... We went to the Purple Bubble Ball with Sedmonds in our lane. And he met me. He danced with me, and he wouldn't let go. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, and I started... But the <laughs> funny thing, he and the, he came with Andy Weekon, and they were buddies. And Andy wouldn't let him take me home. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let me go home with him, so Andy would take him himself. I had to go home with the Stedman's. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But anyway, then he brought his kids to visit me at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he, and there's a question in here about that. Can I answer it now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that he uh, had taken care of the kids ever since Sarah had died, December 15, 1953. And they were a year. He had them in town, had a housekeeper to keep care of them. But she was too old and was having trouble. Keeping his family together, mm-hmm. so he took him to South Dakota, right after Christmas, to be with his mother and his two sisters, and then at that time he rented his house to me and Arlene and Murtis Fryer, who was a oh, nurse that just came uh-huh. to town. And uh, I said, I don't want to go in that house. I'll never get out of there because I was running. He's got three kids, <laughs> so. Was that on
0: Lumber Street? That's on Lumber Lumber Street Street, uh,
2: that he'd built. And then we moved in there and rented it, and it was really fine. And then he came home, I think, in March or April. And by June, I said I'd marry him, and he wanted to get married right away. (laughs) We couldn't because he had to go fishing. But he had a four-day layup, and we got married. In the Lutheran Church. In the Lutheran Church, by a Salvation Army captain, uh-huh. did the process because he only had an interim pastor for the Lutherans, and they they couldn't do it. So we had to get. So I got the both of bro, best both of both best worlds, worlds. <laughs> to marry us. And the children's name were Chris Christensen Jr., Lawrence Iver Christensen, has big house, and Anna Christensen. And the other thing is uh, we got married, and ten months later he went fishing, and there I was with a four-and-a-half, a three-and-a-half, a two-year-old, and a, 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 two a brand-new baby, and he left me. <laughs> <laughs> if it hadn't been my neighbor, Brev Hammer, I'd have never made it.
0: <laughs> so Bev was a good friend, and so was Sigrid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and can you tell me about how, how you met those women?
2: All right, how I met Sigrid— I was working in Sanité Market, and she had gotten married, I believe, in March. And then Harold brought her back up here, lived in an apartment right across the creek from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was pregnant and lonely, and he was out fishing. She didn't know anybody, and she came into the store, and we would visit. And then since we, I was on Lumber Street, she was across the creek in the apartments, a Mill Creek, that is. And then she moved across the street. She moved on there on uh, Mickoff Highway. She was a little closer to Lumber Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became very good friends ever since. Still are. Our kids played together. Our kids played with the Hammer kids, the uh, Lund kids. Everybody took care of everybody else's kids. And what
0: what were those? There was a... What was the name of your neighborhood up there? Was that? That the, was Lumber Street. The Lumber Street. And thing. they called it Rabbit Hill. Rabbit Hill? Yeah, because they had all these babies. All the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Can I back up for a minute and, sure. and ask you about your wedding reception? Oh, you know,
2: I, I was pretty young and immature. We got married in a hurry in the church. My mom came up. Oh, she did? Uh-huh. uh-huh. My dad couldn't come, but and my sister came the next day because she got bumped on the plane. But the thing Me is, or Francis, Francis, uh-huh. And the sad thing is, I didn't know anything about putting on a reception, so I asked Noka Weekon to do it, and she did it. Mm-hmm. And we had it in the church. And many times I told her, Noka, you were so brave <laughs> and so wonderful, but Noka was married to Andy, and they were mm-hmm. best sure. friends. Yeah, And it was she's just a wonderful lady. She's gone now, and so is Andy, but but they were wonderful people and great friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So you had Secret and Bev, and who were some of your other close friends? Oh, we had Dolores Lund, Uh who helped with Anna when she was just a new baby, and Janine Hammer, who they just built a new house, Mm -hmm. and then there was Bev and Fran Lund. And uh, Lou Esposite, we all lived on that street. And we really washed and washed out for other people's kids. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the boys used to plug up the drain as it came down the street, you uh-huh. know, just the water running down to make a dam. Yeah. And our neighbors, one of our neighbors would get upset with him. Make him! You guys, don't do that. Open it up. And as soon as he went back to work... Tame the dam again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they really some, minded. <laughs> what were some of the things that you guys did for fun amongst the adults? Oh, we had sewing club. Oh.
2: And that was fun. And while the guys were all fishing, and not all of the wives were fishermen, but a lot of them were mm-hmm. fish wives. And we would get together at each other's house every two weeks in the evening. We'd get babysitters and go over there, and we would knit or sew or just sit, talk, and laugh, and then they'd feed us. Uh And that's where we first got tacos, was at Alice Olson's Sewing Club. And we thought, we'll we'll try them. Huh, did we just one? No, we ate them all. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a great time. And then we just kind of... It was like a sharing club. Mm-hmm. We'd complain about our husbands or complain about our kids and what to do, you know, and, or what dumb thing our kid could have done, you know, or those kind of things. And we just had a great time. The kids used to sneak down the stairs to listen uh-huh. because it'd be real quiet, and all of a sudden there'd be a burst of laughter. We just had good companionship. People cared, mm-hmm. and we got together and had that. And then on New Year's, we would have a New Year's party and bring a do goofy gift, you know, and play goofy games
0: uh-huh. and do those things. And Sigurd played the piano. Yeah, but not at those. Not at those. Uh huh. Did you got you didn't have a piano at that time, did you? Or no, did we she? bought
2: a piano from uh-huh. Inge's, Uh huh. Ernest Inge. We bought that piano from
0: Ernest Inge when Anna was about seven or eight. I want to ask you about what it was like to have babies in Petersburg back in those days. So you must have had your babies starting in about 1956? 55. 55, uh uh-huh. No, 56 is right. So it was the old hospital. No,
2: it wasn't the real old, old hospital. I'd been in it, but we'd built a new one where the one sits now. Where I had my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that place has been redone since we, and rebuilt since we had those children. But with uh, having Charlie and going up to that hospital, was quite easy because Alice Stafford was an OB. Uh-huh. And she was so great. And she's, oh, it's Neva's first. I don't have to worry. She got up there, and uh, half an hour later, I had the baby. <laughs> oh my the gosh. doctor got there in the shirt sleeves. Wow. So for me, it was no problem. but... Uh, the hospital was nice. We was had good Joy, were Joy
0: and Lois working no, there No, they
2: weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. I, we'll get to that, too. I uh, invited Lois to come here as oh. a nurse, and she brought Joy with her. This is Lois the one DeBoer the, and Joy that's Jansen. That's one mm-hmm. of the best things I ever did for Petersburg, to get those two here. They were headed for Sitka. They got to Sitka, oh and my they gosh. didn't have any more room. They couldn't. Hire the nurses, they'd had enough. I said, oh, Come over here, come over here. And they did. And that they, was
0: a real community service. <laughs> yes, it
2: was. It was the best things I did for this town because look at wow. Glorianne does.
0: Yeah. And,
2: you know, so.
0: How many and, physicians were in
2: town? One. One. Uh-huh. Then Dr. Kuhn came, that made mm-hmm. two. And then he was the only one for a while, and then they started getting some more down here.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. And it was. It wasn't too bad, really. Mm -hmm. And we had lots of babies. Lois, when she came and I finally got here, she was my cousin. That's really why I wanted to get her here, to have a relative. Mm -hmm. And so she came and she brought Joy Jansen with her. And she brought one of the nicest people Petersburg has ever had or seen or done for us. And Lois is just as good. She was the OB after Stafford. Uh Uh-huh. So but she didn't. That. they didn't come here until about, must have been the 60s. Uh, no. She came here in time for me to have Mary, and Mary was in 65.
0: Oh, wow. So you preceded them by almost 10 years. I did oh, not yeah. know that. We had, I always kind of figured that, they, that you guys all kind of arrived at the same time.
2: Well, no. Yeah. And we had the, we called it a new house now. It's mm-hmm. an old house now. And they stayed up there in one of the rooms until they found a place, and they got a place over Hammer and Weekend when
0: they had apartments. Mm -hmm. So tell about some of the stories about you and Grandpa. Oh. I know he built the house that you live in now. Yes. And had to remove stumps and things? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was
2: a stump ranch. (laughs) When I first came to town, got off the plane, came to town, I noticed that stump wrench. And coming from Walla Walla, who is so precise and so neat, I said, how come the city doesn't make those guys take all those stumps away? They wouldn't get away with that in Walla Walla. And don't you know, I married the guy and we built a house on it. (laughs) We got rid of the stumps. We built a house and he practically did it by himself. But this is interesting. There was no sand, no gravel Mm -hmm. pits. No, anything. He had to get a tug, go over to Point Agassiz. He and his buddies, they loaded the gravel into wheelbarrows, put it on the tug, brought the tug back to Petersburg, and they could not unload it that night. And uh, (laughs) he got hives on his feet worrying about that tug (laughs) and the tide coming up and bringing it down and breaking it. So then his buddies helped him unload that, and they helped put the cement. In. All of those guys. Even I got on the business end of a wow. shovel and shoveled gravel into the uh, old-fashioned cement mixer. But that's how we got our basement and got us started. And what year did you guys start that house? 1959 mm-hmm. 60 right in there well it must have been 59 cuz they moved in 61
0: so you had some good strong young backs too my husband Kristen, and charlie was would have been old enough lori did no they all not help? to do yeah
2: they helped but not as much as uh uh as they the got guys. older they really yeah. helped i was Trying to get a stump out of the backyard, it mm-hmm. was huge. And Lori and I were out there jiggling, it, you know, it's like pulling a tooth. And we started to push and couldn't get it to push. It says, go get Kristen, uh-huh. your husband. <laughs> and Kristen came and poof! It was over. <laughs> I can tell you one. We were staying at Stedman's, Arlene and I, because they were away from town and we were taking care of the house. So Chris said we'd go out and get a Christmas tree. So we went out the road as far as we could and went looking for a Christmas tree. I said, that one's really nice on the top, but we'll go look for another one. He climbed to get that tree for me and cut it down, and we were walking on the road going back or forward. I don't remember, but I said, he said, you know, I used to box, and I smart mouth said, oh, a champion, huh? He says, yeah, who told you? <laughs> I had no idea he was a champion boxer, medium heavyweight in the Army. Yes. Yeah. He's a good man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one thing. Chris was honorable. I was so glad, so fortunate that he chased me because he was, I think, the best man in Petersburg, Alaska, Chasery. Yes. yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. He was honorable and honest, and there's something really interesting about Chris, if I may tell it. Please. When he was in the fisheries and doing things, he'd be thinking. He'd say, don't talk to me, I'm thinking. And one of the things he did years ago when we were logging a lot he got the loggers and he'd sit there and sing, Oh, the loggers and the fishermen should be friends. He wanted the loggers, the fishing game, the Forest Service and himself went up into the mountains where they were logging, took him to the creeks and said, You see why you can't draw lo- drop logs into the creek or log so close because it killed the fry that was oh. in there? And he was the first one to do that,
0: Neva. I did not know that.
2: Yeah, he was. He, mm-hmm. he, he really had an interest. And he liked the loggers, and if it wasn't for the loggers, they wouldn't have three mile.
0: Well, he was a very very smart man. I know that. Oh yeah,
2: I wish I. Yeah. I asked him if he'd leave me his mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he he went fishing. Um, how many months of the year would you say he was gone?
2: Oh, he would start about. April, sometime in April, maybe last of March, sometime in April. And then they'd get home about October, November, or December, where he was. He was on the schooner Seattle, and they were way up by inside the 200-mile limit by Russia, Mm -hmm. the dummies. They could have got caught, but they didn't. And he came home, and it was really late that year about getting home, probably the 1st of December. Oh, my God! And that was a long ride. I got the map out to see where it was, way above the Lucians, and how mm-hmm. many fishermen come across there, yeah. you know, and those little boats. And once he said they had a 90-mile wind. Ah, I thought, oh, my goodness, now he tells me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he was a good man, and he did a lot for Petersburg and for the fisheries.
0: Well, he was... Um- part of the Fishermen's Union.
2: Yeah, he started the Fisherman's mm-hmm. Union. He and Jack Longworth, and it was trying to remember, oh, Kenny Sedman. Mm-hmm. they started, they st- stood on the street corner and decided to do this union. Mm-hmm. And that union worked really well because they had the saners and the longliners. Well, the saners got so that they were doing their own thing too much, so he just went to longlining. And that held together until the the layups went out. And the reason why the layups went out because the small fishermen in the summer who did other living in the winter mm-hmm. would go out fishing and they wouldn't take the layup. So that broke it. But the thing is, in Canada, if you have any other kind of job, you can't be a fisherman. And that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Did to Chris at the time. Because that is one of the things that broke it up. Uh-huh. And that 10-day lift. one day, ta- this is the best time in my life, I think, with Chris. On a 10-day layup, he called me and says, "Why don't you come up here to Seward?" Uh-huh. OK. <laughs> and I did. I left the kids at home, and we traveled all over. We went to Captain Cook uh-huh. for steak and lobster. We went to Point Baker, which was not Baker, Homer. Uh-huh. It is beautiful. What a beautiful place. And we went to Seward and drove all the way around there. Oh, fine. And then he had to get back on that uh, plane and come home. But on the way down there, that Seward bus, we were lucky we made it to Seward. <laughs> oh, it was just a little van.
0: And on that windy, narrow yeah, road, it Yeah, and he threw weed. Oh, uh-huh.
2: I was so glad to get there. And so that was the best time in our life. That We didn't have to worry about the kids uh-huh. or anything. And then... Uh, the worst time in my life was losing Chris. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, uh, did we get sidetracked here somewhere? That's all right. Okay. fine. <laughs> all right. Well about the Salvation Army? I came as a Salvation Army soldier, not a lieutenant, but I went right into helping the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. At those days, we only had a town band. There was no school band. There was no other band. So we would practice in the back of the bakery or at the Elks, wherever we could get together. And we had a pretty good town band, and we played for all the basketball games.
0: Really? Now, how many people were in the band?
2: Oh, it depended. Anywhere from 8 to 12. And they were adults or uh-huh, teenagers? Adults. or
0: oh, All adults.
2: Uh-huh. We had a good tuba player. That was Mort Fryer. We had Nanak on a trombone and Sheldon on a trombone, Grant Trask on a French horn, uh, Peterson on a trumpet. And there was another trumpet player, but I can't remember who. Myself on a trombone, uh, and we had up on the drums. And we had a good time. We had fun practicing. And uh, it was written up in the paper, there were some strange noises coming out of the bakery. Who <laughs> was our band? Who was the director, Neva? Pete, you we just get started. Oh, and the baritone, the phoneme player was... George Fushi had the most beautiful tone. And all of those were accomplished musicians, and Mm -hmm. we weren't too bad. But then I started, and some of those guys, like Nanook and myself, a couple others, played down in the Salvation Army Band. We started a kid band, and I was doing that. And I, you know, there's a French horn who's written an F, and the Salvation Army had E-flat alto. So this Matisse kid, the oldest boy, Audie, would pick up his French horn. He was only fifth, sixth grade then. And he would take that E-flat music and transpose it into F as he was playing. Oh, my Talk gosh. about a smart kid, you know? That's a gift. And it, wow. Yeah, and we did We was pretty good, that little band. But then we had a... a Captain Smith was here for a while then. Uh-huh. We had a good little group there and a good Sunday school and a good Salvation Army. And then I was thinking about going back into the Salvation Army and working a home and health, or the, yeah, not home and hospital department, which took care of unmarried mothers. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not needed too much. It's just too, too sad because they just have babies. But in those days, the parents would send their daughters or whoever it was or someone that didn't want it or wanted to decide what they wanted to do would go and have their baby there. And they could either give it away or keep it or do what they wanted. And so I thought about it, that was a pretty good service. I'd go back into that. And that's where I saw the first baby born was at the Salvation Army Home and Hospital. And so I said, well, I think I'll go back in that. And then what do you know? I met Chris. <laughs>
0: And you started having your own kids. Yeah. 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 Um, so you were in the Salvation Army. How did you come to the Lutheran Church? Was that through Grandpa? I was through Grandpa.
2: Uh-huh. He said the best thing to me, says, I do not mind which church we go to, but as we go as a family. And he did go to church, yeah. Kristen said. Yeah. Yeah, he did go to the Salvation Army with me a while, but... I could see he wasn't as comfortable as he was mm-hmm. with his own people. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'll just switch. It won't be so bad. It took me a while to get used to liturgy, uh-huh. but I think it's wonderful. That's mm-hmm. a great thing. And I like tradition. And, I, and the Lutherans really do the tra- carry traditional on Christmas and New Year's and all those things. So it wasn't too hard for me to switch over. And Chris seemed to be happy. And we'd take a whole pew
0: when yeah. we got there. <laughs> Oh, how has your life been different than what you'd imagined it to be? Well, I've been blessed.
2: God has been good to me. He really has. I hadn't imagined I'd be raising seven kids. When I was a lieutenant in the Salvation Army, the kids used to ask me, Hey, Louie, why don't you get married? Oh, I says, I'm in the hurry. I'll marry some guy with six kids someday. (laughs) Look what I did. I married one of three, and we had seven kids. <laughs> four kids and three is seven. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it those kids were mine. They were so young. Those first three children are mine as much as mm-hmm. the last four I had. Yeah. Yeah, they're just beautiful kids and naturally my grandchildren that have come are all beautiful, smarter, and taller.
0: They're just great. Aren't <laughs> yours? <laughs> Um, I remember the first time I met you, moving to Petersburg here, you and me and a bunch of the kids went out to Blind slew and chased frogs around. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: We used to go frog hunting all the time. I'd take them out in the Muskeg. We'd go out to Slough. And at, before you got here, well, we could go out to the Slough. Yeah. And I remember I had the two Hammer twins, Wendy Hammer, Christy's, Christy Hammer's twins, out there with Molly. And they had this raft, and they're having the best time in it. And then one twin and Molly said they'd go jump off the bridge, and the other twin wouldn't get out of the lift, the raft. Well, if you guys do it, I'll do it. So they did it, and he wouldn't do it. So those two swam out, dumped him over (laughs) out of the raft. I was laughing so hard, I wished I would have taken a picture. (laughs) The camera was in my hand. (laughs)
0: Gosh, that was fun out
2: there. <laughs> yeah, they have. And then one winter, the year I had Mary, Charlie and Harold Madolin and Lars were all headed out to go to Reeds. So they went across the Muskeg up to past Tina, Says they didn't want to stay on the road. And the boys got out to Reeds, and once Lars had gotten so far, he was too tired and he didn't want to go with them. says, Will you go go back? We lost him, couldn't oh find gosh. him. And Chris was having a fit. I don't blame him. He could have pounded both those boys for not, because Lars was only six years old, or just about six. And so Chris says, We got to go. It's getting dark. It was January and it was cold. It was one of those real cold winters, lots of snow, down around zero. And here we were in the car going out toward Reeds where they thought we'd start looking. And here came Lars, walking there by Lerr's house.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Chris was, we were so thrilled to get him and get back in the house. But those two boys had a lot to answer <laughs> for. <sighs> That's oh, one of the worst man. times in our raising kids. What about regrets? None. None? Only that could have been a better mother and a better wife. Well, I want to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think God has been so good to me. He gave me me a good mother and father and family. Mm -hmm. He led me to Chris. Chris was my husband, and he was a good one. I have this beautiful family that keeps me from getting lonely. I mean, what more can you ask for? And I live in a warm house. I got a roof over my head. We got food on the table. Too much, of course. (laughs) And clothes on our back. What else can you ask for? Only that God loves us. We know that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a person that loved God and wanted to share it with others.
0: I know that's how you're going to be remembered. Thank you so, so much for talking to me. I I know more than I'm, when I started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. Hi. I love you, Nina.
1: Yeah.
2: I hope I got everything that was important. <laughs>
1: This was a listening project recorded and archived for the Petersburg Public Library on January 8, 2010, with Susan and Neva Christensen. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library.